Be good. <laughs> Hello there, friends and strangers. Welcome back to the Monkey Tooth Podcast. This is Andrew, and my wife Tiffany and our little dog Pele are both sitting here in the van with me right now as we're hanging out in Fairbanks for our last day in the north. And we're going to turn around today and head south for a long-ass time. A long, long time. We've had a great time in Alaska, and... uh, I'm very, very grateful to everyone who was kind to us on this journey, particularly um, the guests you're about to hear. We, we met these kind folks in, um, in Homer, Alaska. We met uh, Melise and Dave, actually uh, the guest that was on last week, Mr. Uh, Bill Gilbert, and Melise, the, the female in this couple that you're about to hear from, we're on a walk on the beach, and uh, they invited us over to their house, and were incredibly, incredibly kind to us. And uh, we're, we're just interesting people that I wanted to, to have on the show and share with you. Melise is an artist and uh, an incredible sculptor. I'm going to put some links up to her work and some pictures and things like that so you can check them out. Uh, it's all for sale, and it's all really it's beautiful stuff that she hand makes at home in Homer her home studio it's uh it's way cool and um and she also makes things we talk about it a bit in the podcast she does sculptures for uh natural history museums um of all types of mediums but right now she's been making things with with like uh foam and uh concrete and paints it's it's really cool dave is a therapist uh and a clinician helping people um, in the Homer area get their minds right. And not just in a clinical setting, he's also doing it on the radio. He has a volunteer radio show on an NPR affiliate called Potluck on 890 AM in Homer. And it's uh, it's pretty cool. It is definitely worth checking out. So there's going to be links up to all that sort of thing. And uh, they're worth... Uh, you know, spending a little time with. And uh, they were, like I said, incredibly kind to us. Their little dog, Quito, and Pele are the reason that we, we met. And, uh, I don't know, just super duper grateful for the whole experience. That's it. Uh, I want to thank everybody who's listening. Thank everybody who's leaving those reviews on iTunes. And say thank you to our current patrons. And encourage you, if you have not yet, to go check out patreon.com where you can support us for as little as 25 cents per episode and as always if you're interested in where we're going or where we have been you can go to mtp.dog forward slash journal where i put up all kinds of nonsense about our shenanigans all right thank you have a wonderful day evening morning whatever it is for you and uh share and enjoy until next time Bye-bye. How and when did you two meet? Earth Day 1992. I was a gorilla wearing uh, black tights and a black um, tank top and a gigantic latex gorilla mask. Yes. In a, in a theater performance. The gorilla my dreams. <laughs> he was Father Earth. Oh, very nice. I was carrying a very large paper mache puppet of Father Earth, who I'd never heard of before, mind you, but uh, yeah, there he was, and there I was, and <laughs> they came together, and yeah. And we, um, interestingly enough, the way we met, um, you and and me, yeah, was around dogs oh, nice. and our love of dogs. So that was the case with Dave and myself as well. Um, we had done a one go through of this performance we were in, and it was deemed necessary to do a second run through. 
And I said, I'd be glad to do a second run through, but my dog's been home alone all day with nothing fun to do. So I'm going to run home and get her. So I'll be back in 15 minutes and we can do another run through. So I ran home and got her, brought her back, didn't even greet her. And we got out of the car and we both exploded and ran around the field. And Dave was like, I was observing from away, kind of my ears were pricked up to begin with. Oh, well, that's cool. Who's that? And then I saw them running around with such joy, and I thought, wow. Were you still in the gorilla costume? Not no, at that point. Not yet. It was <laughs> no. tr- yeah. Well, there goes that image. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but you're out there, sans gorilla, running around with your dog, yeah. and you just... Yeah. And so, um, yeah, after the, uh, after the festival, uh, Melissa invited me to a party at her house that, they, that she was having, and... Uh, then I asked her out, and there was a brand new climbing wall that a a group outdoor education group that I was working for was had set up, and it was the opening night, so all the staff got to come and bring a date. And I thought, well, that seemed like a perfect first date for a gorilla. <laughs> so mm-hmm. take her climbing. <laughs> so I said I'd be glad to go through the climbing wall, and I'll meet you there. Give me directions. <laughs> And I thought that was pretty cool. It's like, okay, that's smart. Yeah, just I'd in case. It's been a while since I'd been in the dating world, and so, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you both are, had been married previously? or Correct. Yep. Both of you, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't, I mean, that's got to be pretty interesting to come from another marriage, and you're single, and I just can't even imagine what that's like. We had both to find come, love again. We had both come from post-marriage relationships that were quite painful and hurtful mm. and unhealthy. Yeah. So we came to lick our wounds together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that image. The original bonding. You were divorced and you got into other relationships and then those went sour and then you found each other. Right. right. Yeah. That's really cool. And then did you both, you know, you've done a lot of travel together, right? Internationally and in the States or? Just, we have, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Where, where did that come from? Were your folks travelers? Did you just, did you grow up not traveling enough? I didn't grow up traveling, or we had, I take that back, we, we did one big family vacation from Indianapolis to Phoenix, Arizona, and that was, that was eye-opening, and we had also done one trip to uh, Florida, too, which was eye-opening in a different sense, it was 1963, and I wow. remember we were in Birmingham, Alabama, and I was in third grade, and I was quite confused why both of the white porcelain drinking fountains had different signs over them, one saying that it was white and one saying the drinking fountain was colored when it was clearly white, too. <laughs> and I asked my uh, my mother about it, and she just kind of like, I'll tell you later. Mm. And then when she did that, just really perplexed me. It's yeah. like, no, you're, you're kidding, right? Yeah. So anyway, how much did you guys travel? Oh, we went on family vacations a lot. And the three kids of my family would get in the back of the station wagon with all the luggage and go mostly west. We went to Florida one time, mostly went to Colorado, California, and different places. And that really taught me that the world was available to go explore. And I knew from a very young age I was going to go to school in Colorado because... I was enamored with the mountains out the, out the window, and we'd stop, yeah. and that was just the only place I applied for college. And I've I've had a major wanderlust, you know, since as far as I can remember, as long as I can remember. Yeah. And you should see this picture that Melise showed me of when she was just going through all her children's pictures. <sighs> that kind of speaks to her childhood pictures. Yeah, it was her and her two brothers, and I think you were like five. And so that means one of them was nine, and the other one was what, thirteen or something. Mm-hmm. And the two of and Melise is right up next to this boy her age who's dressed in Native American costume. He was Native American, 
boy and um and she's just kind of like hey who are you and i'm standing like toe to toe with him staring into his eyes and both my brothers are kind of like standing back looking away like one's peeking over the other one's shoulder like what's she doing (laughs) and i saw it and i don't think it had ever registered on melissa's anything but a vacation picture and i saw it and i said there Right there, that's, that tells the story. That's She's you. Like, oh my God, it sure does, doesn't oh, it? That's great. Yeah, I've always been interested in nature and uh, as well as culture. Yeah, you know, especially culture dating to you know times when people were closer to the earth. Yeah, well, yeah, and uh, your your home reflects that for sure in the art that you have up and the art that you make. I think reflects that in a really cool way. When I'm in the woods, I know what to call you now. When I'm in the woods, I know what to call you now. Hey, my, my, woods. Hey, my, my, woods. Well, maybe the mountains know what to call you now. Maybe the mountains know what to call you now. Hey, my, my, whoa. Hey, my, my, whoa. You're a therapist. Yes. Uh, and and you're an artist and a teacher and a, a number of things, but you both kind of met while doing education. You were teaching at the time or no? Yeah, I would say that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was, yeah. Yeah. I was working in a school, mm-hmm. teaching and counseling and doing whatever I could think of. Yeah. And I was teaching in the summers, and uh, no, I wasn't, was I? Well, anyway, my main job when we met was uh, working in the education department at the St. Louis Zoo. Oh, that's cool. And I was making exhibits for them. Yeah. And uh, doing research content development. Yeah. So I had kind of segued out of the teaching world. Yeah. It, so it, it strikes me with both of you. So I know that um, you've got professions, but you also ha- both have kind of hobbies. And your, yours is a little blend of the two. Correct. Because your, your profession is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but making sculptures for exhibits, particularly in like natural history museums and, and things that are uh, you know, organic forms that you make out of foam and concrete. Uh, all different stuff. All different stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. just what I've kind of gravitate, gravitated to right. recently. But yeah. But as an artist, mm-hmm. that's you produce sort of similar, uh, similar types of things, but with a, a very beautiful kind of your own take and twist on it. And you are uh, your professional therapist, counseling people, but your hobby seems to be music. Mm-hmm. And you're, you know, you're a DJ on, yeah. on local radio here, so you've both got this kind of. Uh, I don't know, passion in your work, but you've got a clear passion in your hobbies. Like what, what informs that? Where's that coming from? And you too. Mm, for me, it's just love of working with my hands and love of observing na- nature up mm-hmm. super close and, um, uh, stubbornness to, uh, make that a way to make a living. Yeah. which isn't a very big living, but it, it's gotten me through. And, um, yeah, so it's just I've always been interested in the art of biology. That's a good way to put it, the art mm-hmm. of biology. It's beautiful. <laughs> Hope <laughs> and, your answer is just and, as good. And I, no, I've just always loved the radio yeah. since I was a kid. And uh, my older brother and I used to collect records together, um, Starting, I think our first, our first album, actual record album that we bought, we pooled our, our money together and uh, bought uh, "Turn Turn Turn" by the Birds. Oh, cool. But we had been given uh, "Meet the Beatles" for Christmas and right before that, and um, I think my first forty-five was "Summertime" by Rick Nelson, and so. Um, and and then you know the advent of FM radio, where all of a sudden the whole form got opened up and all this really cool music came out and and I was just glued to it and so 
that's still kind of what informs how I like to put a show together, um, to play music, to tell stories, to get kind of underneath it a little bit, not not kind of Pandora or Spotify where it, it's kind of like, okay, well, here's this song and here's this next song that bears no right. resemblance yeah. to the one before that. Right. Yeah, I know even now I'll listen to somebody, how they put a show together, and I can tell if they've, if they're just kind of throwing stuff in or, or whatever. I know my very first show, I had like, I had nothing else, nothing going on, and I had like a week to prepare it. And I thought, and I was filling in for somebody, and I'd never been on the radio before, and I put this, all these songs that I always wanted to play on the radio together, and I, previewed it and it absolutely sucked <laughs> it's like well this is n- this tells no story whatsoever right. and i couldn't believe that i was jet- jettisoning all these songs that mm. i absolutely love off of my, my playlist but i got to the end of it it's like oh well this is kind of good and i learned a ton just by that exercise yeah what you leave out yeah interestingly enough that's what a good musician does it's more about what they don't put in the space between the notes and that sort of thing that you leave out and in a good story it's what you whittle you know how you leave it out yeah the yeah. premise of your show is really cool it's called potluck it's called little, potluck little shout out to potluck on 890 yeah. a.m yep. homer not beholden to a genre it just has to be tasty i love that um you both kind of have a potluck going on in your art and your work and in your work and your art are uh they're both kind of a amalgam of yeah. of many things when was that that you got your first record what what year oh gosh um well it was probably 1963 because it was before the beatles uh were on ed sullivan in february of 64 uh-huh. so well probably so i got yeah so the first 45 was probably you know way before then uh-huh. so maybe well, yeah, way before that, like yeah, a yeah. year. <laughs> yeah, way. <laughs> Time moves differently, you know. So, you yeah, so, I don't know, I guess I must have been eight, yeah. something like that. I don't know enough about radio history, but you got exposed to some pretty hip uh, radio char- just characters that were, that were kind of outlaw in that. Yeah, it was outlaw to begin with, and then... yeah. Then, then they finally got their licenses and started selling yeah. advertising. But initially, it was driven by wanting to put on really good music because mm. AM radio was was just doing top 40. Right. Yeah. And so you'd hear like the album um, length version of uh, a Santana song as opposed to, you know, the truncated three minute version. Yeah slice it in between commercials type of mm-hmm. yeah so in what i've noticed in being here between the two of you with your your various arts and work you've been in homer for about eight years you said correct uh, yeah if you don't mind telling me how you got here in a moment but what i what i really want to get at is i've noticed that both of you have kind of imprinted upon you the spirit of this town and the community here, but you've definitely imprinted yourselves, literally, in an audio context and in a visual context, yourselves on the town. Uh, I kind of want to know where that comes from, because that's not a... Well, we hope so, anyway. Yeah, no, I mean, we've your show's been on the air while we were around. We've seen your public art uh, a couple different places in town. Um, I mean, not just a gallery, but like actual public sidewalk art, which is super cool. So that... I, I kind of want to know how, where that comes from. But first, if you don't mind telling me how you guys even got here, because we're not near anywhere else you've yeah, ever lived. People either were born here or they intentionally came here. It's not like where uh, you just kind of happen upon the place and sort of get stuck here. It's a very uh, strong intention to get to the end of the road here. Yeah. And... Um, we came up on vacation to visit friends that we knew from St. Louis and stayed a month, and then... Um, we went back, and uh, the job that I had ended, and I was offered another job in Chicago, which both of us realized was not our dream. And Melise had the good sense to say, hey, 
why don't we just get that uh, VW camper van and hit the road for a year like we always wanted to do? Yeah. And when the year ended, both of us kind of, unbeknownst to each other, had the idea that I don't really want to go back. I want to continue the vac- the adventure. And, and the whole time we were on the road, our friends here, one in particular, kept enticing us with yet another possibility of what we could do if we came up email after email with uh, links to job applications is basically what it was in fact i did have a a job interview with the place where i now work while we were in a campground in oregon you know sitting there looking at the ocean and having this phone interview that's hip and i was actually offered the job but it was like way too much at the beginning of uh of our our travels and yeah. I, so he blamed it on me oh my <laughs> wife has some thing that she can't come up quite yet uh, instead of saying no we're having too much fun traveling yeah, yeah which we didn't know at that time but that would have been a perfectly acceptable answer exactly yeah. that would have been more currency and that would have made us want made mm. them want us more because yeah. <laughs> we didn't know what that was like but in other places if you just say you just want to travel mm. they yeah. don't think very highly of what that. did we know yeah. Well, I can tell you that the urge to blame one's wife for anything is awfully powerful. And if, <laughs> if you well, can resist that, she gave consent. I did. <laughs> Truth be told, you know. Yeah. Well, that makes she, it she was willing. Less potent, I guess. If there's you know, uh, so that's that's cool. So you you had the good sense to, but so but yeah to, I, I guess I think of Alaska and winter as sort of the same thing. You know. I, I, even though there's a beautiful, clearly, an unbelievably gorgeous spring and summer here, and from what you say, a, a wonderful fall, um, I, I just can't help but associate it with the winter. And we came, the, and we came up, we started in October. And it was a really, really, really uh, snowy winter. Yeah. The reason that we moved to the, well, we got our cabin sight unseen on Craigslist, and chose it because well we were interested in it because the picture on craigslist out the back door was exactly the same picture as we had taken from our friend's house oh, that's cool. so we knew that it had to be close by yeah and so we sent our friends over to look at the place and they and the landlord the owners of the house of the cabin got along so well that the owners of the cabin chose us even though they hadn't met us because oh, they cool. liked our friends so much yeah even though they had two people who were buying for the place wow. before us so that we were really lucky to get a really sweet cabin but yeah. then they came back for the summer and we yeah so we were moved. fortunate to come to town and have some folks who were pretty established here mm-hmm. um who and respected yeah, and so that was kind of our our easy foot in the door. But but Homer is is the kind of place that was, is very different than some other places that we've lived, where um, it's kind of like, well, the game's sealed, and you know, yeah, you haven't been here, and are mm. you cool enough? Are you hip enough? Yeah, um, that kind of thing. Where here it was like, ooh, what you got? Oh. You got a job, you get to stay. Oh, cool. Oh, that's great. That's great. Let's play. And so, you know, like, yeah. I mean, I actually, I'd never been, I'd never done anything with radio before, and I had my first show two weeks after we moved here. It's not just little podunk uh, local radio. It, it's an NPR affiliate. Yeah, no, it's and, and actually, I'm the president of the board of directors as well. So, yeah, you know, really, kind of a the the radio station here is hugely important to this community, yeah. and so um, it feels really significant to to play a big role. Yeah. in it because I know how 
how vital it is. Yeah, and you both pay, play a role. You're on the trail report, right? Don't I you read? I am. The... I read the, the weekly trail report. Yeah. Yeah. So so. And where... Keto has a show too. I was about to say there's three of you. <laughs> I wish I've, I've failed to have mentioned this super adorable dog, Keto, who Pele, I'm pretty sure, has a crush on. Um, <laughs> he's, she's a little bit older, but he's got a good taste. Bit. He's got good taste. Only nine years. Well, yeah, yeah. And dog years, that's like, I don't know, Nothing's, 75. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. I was really impressed that he walked up the harbor ramp yesterday. Yeah. Shoulder to shoulder with her. It was clearly, if she can do it, so can I. Yeah. Having been afraid to, like, he won't walk on a metal grate of any kind. And he ran up a 30-foot just metal holy spiky that went metal great yeah went <laughs> elevated yeah, you know, that was quite feet. quite a moment yeah really cool but so so where does it come from where so you let me back up you're you're on the radio you're on the board you do several things with like the friends of homer or you, friends, friends of ketchumack bay state park yeah. i'm on that board mm-hmm. and yeah. um you do trail maintenance. You do. I mean, you guys both do all sorts of stuff. You're in, involved in civic art. Uh, you've been the MC at parades. I mean, you, you guys have really found your way into the heart of this community. Did you have a, a sense of that before? I, I, aren't you both kind of activists? Do yes, you have some of that definitely. in you? Or yeah. Where, so where does that come from? Where a sense of putting back, a sense of community. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I guess I believed in the whole uh, hippie ethic thing, that uh, you're, you're. It's just not all about you, but you're part of a, a greater, good, and um, and you're kind of whatever the energy you want to, put into, um, where you live, is vital. You know, I can remember when uh, when I got into the field that I'm in. I came from corporate business, and and I. I would wake up and I'd be I just couldn't I just couldn't go into work. I just couldn't bring myself to do it anymore and I had to kind of figure out what it was that I really wanted to do because making a few extra bucks for the corporation didn't satisfy my need to to put back. And yeah. so So you, you left know. the straight world. I did. Yeah. 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 How about you? I, um, I mean, the board work that I do, when you, when we came here, the first month, I think we were each, uh, asked to be on many boards and I was like, Oh, new fresh meat in town. Because there are so many nonprofits here. I can't remember how many, but there are many, many, and everybody's looking for new people to step up to the, to the plate. That's cool. And I think a big part of that, historically, at least for the past 30 years since that big influx of, of folks 30, 35 years ago, uh, the men kind of built homes together with a lot of, you know, with their woman's help. And, um, and then they'd go out fishing. And then the woman just kind of took over the town and ran the town. Yeah, and so started the businesses and, and and the nonprofits, and it was just like it was really vital. But here was the cool thing, and we the, there are a million really cool stories. You can talk to anybody anywhere in this town, and they have cool stories uh, about just the can-do attitude that all these people started businesses and built buildings and did things they had never done before, yeah. with the idea that <clears throat> you know we'll figure it out. Yeah, and it's, and that attitude is still kind of there. You don't have to be an expert to jump in. Like I'm thinking, maybe eventually, um, if I get to a point in my life when I'm not too busy with all the other things I'm already involved with, that maybe I'll start doing um, stage sets, you know, for the local theater. That's great. Something I've never <clears throat> done before, but it could be fun. You yeah. know, I have the art. Yeah. skills and stuff like that yeah and in other towns i don't know if you could just say think i want to do that and do it or if i wanted to act which i don't you know i could <laughs> i could do that too you right, know but right. the opportunities i've had for the art being a new kid on the block yeah or just been yeah. outstanding being able to teach yoga mm-hmm. fresh out of yoga teacher training um has been fantastic i mean in 
in yoga teacher training, you spend a lot of time, or we did in our program, figuring out how to get a job, you know, how to oh, audition yeah. and, you know, what are the steps you take? And it wasn't my case when I came back to Homer, I could teach as much as I wanted. Wow. Not that there aren't a lot of yoga teachers, there are, but there aren't too many and everybody's always curious to have somebody else with some other yeah. influence. So it's like a loosely woven tapestry rather than one that is so snug and tight that you right. can't fit another thread in it. Yeah. So it seems like our sensibilities and that of the town just totally meshed. Yeah. And fun, funny that um, somebody who Melise worked for in the past sensed that and and told her that, boy, I've discovered this town. You want to tell that story? That's a pretty good story. Yeah, a woman that um, makes exhibits all over the world, and she mm-hmm. made she her company made the exhibits for the Visitor Center here oh, cool. um, at Islands and Ocean. Um, she came up here, and she said, this, there's this really cool town. It's called Homer, Alaska, and you guys should move there. You'd fit in great. And I was like, yeah, fat chance I'm ever moving to Alaska. I, I was busy going to the tropics in those years, and cold weather is not my thing. And um, then we came here because our next our friend from St. Louis came. So it was like, well, let's go, you know, opportunity. Same reason people come visit us mm-hmm. now. And um, we wandered into the visitor center because that's what you do when you're a tourist. And there was this sculpture, this model that I made for that exhibit that she had, you know, been uh, installing and thinking that this town was a good place for us. Yeah. Yeah, So funny how that just kind of happened. It is ironic that. Melise lives in Alaska rather than the tropics. Yeah, I'm really a warm weather person. Yeah, uh, you're certainly tan. You're you're probably the tannest person in in Homer. Well, got, I just got back from Honduras. Yeah, that's yeah. why. Yeah. <laughs> I just wonder if I could tease that out of you. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think it's as much the town that's pushed you into these leadership roles, or your own sensibilities that just? I, mean, I think it's a combination I was because going to say that too. Yeah, because there are people who come to town here and they don't have the same response to what what's going on and mm. and they don't they don't stay. Mm. You know, whereas it it was just a really a good good match. Yeah. But when we came, we didn't know anybody except for this one couple and we had have all sorts of um friends and topics that we're involved in that they're not and yeah. vice versa but we didn't just stay in their path yeah um but we there were are interested a, there are a million ways that you can learn about the environment and the culture of this area yeah. i mean um almost every day of the week every night of the week is something that you can go you can attend yeah. to learn about you know the ecology of the area, or you know issues surrounding the area. Yeah, we noticed immediately. I mean, we took a, a beautiful hike with you two yesterday, and your compadre Bill and the dogs, uh, and you're both quite knowledgeable about the flora and fauna, of the history, of the culture, everything going on. Like that's really cool. I mean, to, you know, just to, I know you've been here for eight years, but like you've you've picked it up and made it as much a part of you and you're, you can tell you're educators you know you could tell that you take joy in sharing the information that you've accumulated with people in a way that it's not some lecture it's a it's a teaching moment which i really appreciate there are some phenomenal educators in this town so yeah, if you are. can if if you can model yourself after some of them who really turn you on to things yeah. then i think you're you're paying tribute to the area, but you're also paying tribute to them. Yeah. And so, yeah, if you've been an educator and you find yourself in the presence of somebody who knows the art of it, mm. you you just go, yeah, yeah. And that's said, pretty great. You told me how like smart and well-educated and interesting all the young people that you've met here have been, and that they've they're just a diverse education being sort of thrown at young people here because of the ecology and the culture 
It's not just young people. I mean, as uh, anybody who lives here can go to free lectures and free uh, trainings all the time. That's cool. And educate yourself, and then you can use that information in a huge variety of ways, yeah. not just young people. Yeah. But, but for the young people, a lot of them have, like our, our friend Debbie, who, uh, who was so instrumental on, in us coming up, our friend from back home, she's a, a biology professor at the college, and she has a son who's, what, 14 now? And we've watched her raise him, and he's of the generation that likes to look at screens and plug in and and she very much like a lot of her friends refuses to allow that to be his sole existence it's you're going to spend this much time with us you're going to go we're going to go skiing we're going to go sledding we're going to go do you know this he does not have you know nature deficit disorder by any stretch of the imagination and yeah. and a lot of uh, parents here will not they don't tolerate it. Yeah, they don't. It's yeah. like, okay, you're going to do that, but you're going to give equal time. And so, yeah. and and for the kids, they don't fight it. They're like, oh, yeah, this is cool. Well, yeah. And so they're all together, and they're doing cool stuff out. Yeah. The kids here are rugged, you know. Yeah. If it gets above, you know, 55 degrees, they're in the ocean swimming. <laughs> you know. And they have a really cool thing that happened once a year that was started by a woman who unfortunately, very sadly, died of cancer. Hmm. But um, the mud games, yeah. yeah, where they just, you know, have this big muddy place and everybody comes and gets super muddy and plays in the mud. You that know, sounds like mud a lot games. of fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's like people here are, are yeah. not afraid to get dirty. No. And the other thing about Homer, too, is it's a really good place for an audience. Mm. They, we love to be a good audience. So if you've got something that you want to do and perform, yeah. or you know, if, if you're willing to take the time to put something together, by golly, people here... Are going to come out. Yeah, they're not, and they're not going to be snooty if it's, you know, like, yeah, okay. It's like, oh, thank you. That was great. Oh, cool. We love it. I'll give you a standing ovation for something that somebody else may just roll their eyes mm. at. But, you know, you took the time yeah. to that do that. That being said, there is an inordinate amount of really high brow talent here, high mm. ta- talent here. It's yeah. just astounding. Yeah. You have a really good what orchestra, good theater. We had spam a lot earlier this summer, and it was one of the funniest things and one of the greatest performances we've ever seen in our little in our little theater out yeah. on the spit. It well, was the theater great, is adorable. I said really that cool. it was like the best thing I'd ever seen in my whole life, and I've seen a lot of theater. And if she should tell you, come closer. And if she tells you with a charm. So when we first met you, within the first maybe seven to ten minutes of conversing with you guys, you said, you know, uh, and you invited us over, which I thought was really cool. You invited us to come hang out in your home. You said, you know, the the mountains and the bay are beautiful, but they're the icing on the cake. What's really happening here is this community. And yeah. that's a that's a cool thing for anybody to say. Yeah. It's easy enough to say if you're like in some shitty town somewhere and like but with great people, but not a lot of scenery. But to say that here, I mean this place is out of sight. It's and, true. Yeah, it's really that, true. Well yeah. spoken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I can I just interrupt sure, you for please. just a second because you're talking about being invited you know to, into our home and while you're traveling mm-hmm. what we feel like we're doing is kind of uh that's that's payback for the people who did that for us when we were in your spot yeah so just know that uh it's that it's also um you're doing something i mean i saw instantly that you're doing something that we aspire to do mm. and it's have like, done and have oh, done, but yeah. also want to aspire to do, and especially internationally with a dog. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, whoa, yeah. let's see if that can happen. Yeah. 
And it, Plus, it, just instant resonance and, yeah. you know, wow, somebody who I'd really like to get to know. Yeah, well, watching the dogs connect was pretty cool. <laughs> you know, anytime, this is like the third or fourth time Pele has done this for us, where he just meets someone and be like, oh, wow, you guys are nice too. <laughs> I'd like to have your dog over and you feel free to come with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that happens to us all the time yeah, with Keto. Or it's like, sure. oh, what a great dog. Oh, you guys must be all right. Yeah. Or yeah. those like, oh. Oh, that's you. Okay. Well, I recognized your dog. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. If, you know, of course. although keto is very small, if a dog is the, the window to a person's soul, that's like a, a giant <laughs> picture window. Oh. Uh, it's just, uh, it's gorgeous. Yeah. But, but so Likewise. I, I, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. it's all, it takes after uh, Tiffany. <laughs> Let <laughs> it be noted that uh, currently uh, Pele is sleeping in the cat's bed. <laughs> <laughs> and oddly fitting perfectly yes. in spite of his long weird body you get a picture of that um but so to your work but we digress no it's perfect that's i think that's that could be the other the subtitle of the show is just a prolonged digression um your your work does fascinate me in our first conversation with you melise um i mean you you do make art and you do make sculpture for you know scientific mm-hmm. and sort of uh i don't know research and places like that what where does that come from have you always it seems like you've done a lot of different medium you've done like metal work as well yeah or? metal work and um oh you know clay once upon a time clay has too many um unknowns to it because once it once you stick it in the kiln who knows what's going to happen mm-hmm. so I don't really like that world of unknown. I mm. kind of like to, what you see is what you get type of thing. And um, anyway, I used to feel like um, I wasn't really moving up in the world when all my friends were moving up in the pay scale. And then the, I was kind of like always at the beginning, like we were talking about. Mm-hmm. And But I was teaching art to kids and often with an integrated uh, curriculum where I'd integrate science and social studies with the art. That's cool. So that was a really good way to blend two um, disciplines and two interests. But um, then I got tired of teaching. It was just way, a huge amount of energy and I became a lab technician and making beautiful, beautiful images in the world of scanning electron microscopy or freeze oh, cool. fracture. And, um, Wait, can you explain what that is for uh, people That's like where you, um, you freeze biological tissue and, and fast freeze it, and then you put it in a machine and make basically a three-dimensional model wow. with it by spraying it with platinum and carbon. And then the tissue gets washed away and you take pictures of it from two points of view in the electron microscope. Mm -hmm. And then you have these incredible three-dimensional images of molecules and virus and um, cells and just microscopic things. I mean, tiny, tiny things blown up a hundred taken out of abstract from like concept to a thing you can actually look at and hold exactly yeah the guy that i worked for who did that said that he felt that you could it was in a medical school and the whole idea is that you could better understand how to fix cells that weren't working correctly if you understood what they look like just like trying to fix your car if you have no idea what it looks like yeah it'd be much harder to fix it so if you see the anatomy of that little part and piece and how it fits together. Yeah. So anyway, I was um, doing that. And in the summers while I was teaching, and then beyond that, I, was, um, I found my way into the world of being a field assistant. So I traveled to some very remote, incredible places, um, studying monkeys and birds and lemurs and uh yeah it was an amazing opportunity i got paid to do incredible work in in incredible places and then i was invited i was not only invited i was recruited to do a phd and i started it and i backed out because i realized that 
that kind of analytical thinking wasn't my deal. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was sort of building those two skills, the art and the biology. And then uh, I came to, um, oh, a company came to St. Louis and was installing an exhibit. And there was a newspaper article about it way, way before the internet was invented. And both my mother and a good friend gave me this newspaper article and said, this sounds like what you should do. So I got in touch with the company and I got a job there and that was making exhibits for natural history museums. So I've been kind of doing that ever since, either for companies or as a freelancer for different companies, never taking on the big scope of the job, um, but just taking on um, individual models. Actually, not. I mean, I have taken on the whole job in very small places in Costa Rica and other places like that. That's cool. And in St. Louis. Yeah. When you did the sculptures for the college school. Right. Well, we she did these great, this huge snake, concrete snake and a concrete turtle. Twenty-two foot long snake playground structures. That's cool for the kids to play on. Fun. Yeah. Yeah, I. So we we've seen your your public art. That's just I mean there was that really cool whale that you can kind of climb around on. You you immediately got Pele to get up on it, which I thought was a, <laughs> one of the coolest things you can do with a piece of art. Like look at this beautiful thing. Put your dog on it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah yeah yeah. Get your dog up there. That's how, but, that's how you know it's really art. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we also saw in like a quite nice gallery here in town, um, like really nice gallery with some amazing pieces in it. We saw um, sculptures of yours that were, I mean, I, I knew, I guess, kind of just from talking to you that some of it were, were representing actual things, <laughs> biological organisms. But if you just looked at it, it was like, I don't know, these weird, or not weird, but beautiful, uh, sort of feminine, sort of curvy, imaged, sort of, uh, I don't even know quite how to describe it without sounding any dumber than I currently do, but they were beautiful images that didn't necessarily immediately jump out at you as sea creatures or sea life, or as you know, you're not like Georgia O'Keeffe and just making vaginas. It was something somewhere in between. You know, I, I loved it. I thought it was really, really cool. Thank you for appreciating that. That was my intent: mm-hmm. is to take things that are actual things, but mm-hmm. make them about just forms and not about being a representation of something of a found object but to be take it out of that context Mm -hmm. and just go whoa look how beautiful these things are look at these forms if you look at melissa's photography you can really see it in that that she'll abstract something that you know you're looking at but then but she's got this eye that uh captures some other aspect that yeah. that that her that her eye sees well it's interesting because i've not seen a single one of your photos but i watched you taking photos yesterday oh, right. and i could <laughs> tell like it whether it was a close-up or a far away thing it was always it had some other angle on it and you're the way you took the photo was like you just said i mean it was an abstraction or it was some other thing other than just the subject and you know that normal yeah, that narrative. started with the cottonwood yeah <laughs> covering yeah. all the plants yeah yeah which i mean that's a you've got an incredible palette here to, to play with we like do that. have yes. yeah but mm-hmm. she does that anywhere we go yeah <laughs> whatever the whatever the and, and it's, if it's not that it used to be that we could our trail markers so we could find our way back to wherever we came from is follow the little bits of uh green rubber the green mold ru- making material right. i would i take impressions of textures and mm. forms along the way oh that's cool and then i would use those to make um metal sculpture with yeah. but they had to dry Jewelry so out. they'd be dry by the time we got to the end of the hike and then that, that would be our way up. of finding yeah <laughs> the breadcrumbs bread yeah, and, the bir- and the birds didn't eat it so you yeah. know that you know it was still there that's cool wow all right i don't even know how to make a smooth transition and talk to you about your work <laughs> we're just getting yeah, good right luck now. with that <laughs> yeah so the art of psychology 
you are. And that's an yeah. Good for you for saying that. I feel depressed. I feel so bad. Cost you the best pill that I ever had. And I can't get your love. I can't get satisfaction. Because, uh, because I must say, you know, I've taught a lot of uh, students, practicum students, and I, I let them know that, yes, there's a science to this, but there's also an art, and I find that it's incredibly difficult to teach the art. Hmm. but fairly easy to teach the science. The art has to come from an internal place. Yeah. Well, tell me about that. What, what, are, what are you doing? What do I do? Yeah. Boy, I've done any number of things with any number of populations over the years, and, and most of it, I guess, the most important thing that I try to find is somebody's humanity and how they're trying to express it and how they're stuck in certain places and um and so i try to be more of a of a guide to help them get themselves unstuck as opposed to saying well this is a this is a screwed up human being yeah um that being said sometimes uh therapy is kind of like holding a screwdriver and some people need to be tightened up a little bit some people need to be loosened up a little bit (laughs) um but uh but really, to get folks to recognize that maybe they have the the capacity to do some things that they may not know, and I, I spent a lot of time my my early most of my early years were working with uh, teenagers who have bullshit detectors bigger than anything in the world, and so um, you had to be real with them, and so to be able to uh, to get there and to find that you had their trust was always felt like an honor. And so I, and I think it is, I I think it has to be viewed as such that if somebody is willing to come and try and work out their life with you, you have to, uh, you have to treat that with, with dignity and, and respect. And, and, people respond to that yeah yeah i the just the way that you put it just the word honor that you would honor someone for bringing you their trouble because it's not easy to be honest about your trouble no if anything that's the one thing you're going to be most dishonest about and that's uh, dishonest maybe puts it in a weird way but that you'd want to hide and try to sure yeah you know. it's called defense mechanisms yeah you know yeah we all have them yeah. You know, and sometimes what you just try and get folks to do is upgrade. Mm, you to know, a different defense mechanism. Yeah, because some, some, some are nuanced. definitely more functional than others. Yeah. You know, podcasting. <laughs> it's pretty nuanced defense mechanism. That's right. That's right. <laughs> just let everyone else air something. Yeah. To, yeah. And then on the other hand, I must say, you know, here in Homer, I jokingly say this, but I actually kind of believe it that some of the. The best uh, mental health practicing that I do during the course of the week is my two hours on my little show on Friday. <laughs> you know, well, well, case, me... case in point being uh, inauguration day. Oh my god! I happened to have a show that day, and it was the first thing after all the national and international news and the actual listening to the inauguration speech and the dissecting of that and that and that and that, and then it was me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like okay well i've got this i've got this slot i'm gonna i'm gonna make a good use of it so of course i started with the doors the end yeah and and went from there yeah and so many people the next day was the women's march around the world and or our country and and we had a thousand people who gathered for that here in homer and i can't tell you how many folks told me that 
they really needed that show that day <laughs> and they were so thankful for it. And I was like, you know, I did too. So I figured I wasn't alone. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so, and, and those are just kind of, you know. The art of ther- therapy, I imagine, hinges on empathy. Right. Right. I, 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 no, I think that's really true. It's, it's, the, it's the ability to put yourself in someone else's shoes. And actually, as a therapist, you really have to do that and which is why any good therapist has a good supervisor and why some some disciplines like psychoanalysis says you have to be in analysis yourself yeah. that's because you're spending a lot of time in the worlds of people who have suffered a lot of trauma yeah um in any on any level um and it's important to uh to be aware of what that brings out in you hmm. from your own uh, your own life experience and and your own kind of take on the world and but so you can separate your stuff from their stuff so you can be there for their stuff yeah yeah but you have to have that sense of empathy to say okay right i get what it i kind of get what it's like to be in your shoes yeah what, what did George Carlin say about stuff? No, my my shit is stuff. All your shit is stuff. Your your stuff is shit. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> is your job harder in the winter? Just with the sunlight deficiencies, or more like depression and there angst? is, is there, that a there, thing? there actually Great is, um, and and that is a struggle with a lot of folks in this town. Hmm. And then interestingly, there's a struggle. A manic other side. Yeah, there is a mania that happens around here. Yeah, and I think we all kind of, and we kind of like, "Eh," you know, and then it's kind of like maybe Mm. a month past solstice, everybody starts hitting the wall because they're just out of juice. Yeah, you know, and so, but yeah, equilibrium finds its way in fall. Maybe I don't. (laughs) Maybe a couple months of everybody kind of. Well, yeah, well, we're kind of split half and half. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. What an interesting couple of people you are, and what a wonderful, fabulous place. That you have here, um, I I feel like I could continue to ask you both a zillion questions, but it is a Monday evening. You got work tomorrow, and you've been entertaining guests. It seems like since the mania really began, <laughs> feels like it. The sun doesn't go down, and your guests keep pouring in. Uh, and you've, in spite of all that, been I, so I know, so we, gracious to have us. We have had a couple outside. of meals this uh, over the weekend here, where I think at a certain point we look at each other and say, "Well, what time is it?" Oh shit! Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, on Friday night it was fine. Last yeah. night was a little tough. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I would say I felt bad, but I, I felt amazing. That was a delicious meal. <laughs> it's such Fair a good enough. time. Yeah. Uh, I, I definitely thought about you this morning when you drove off, and I was still in bed. So uh, you gotta. I, I'm not gonna do that to you again tonight. But no. uh, just thank you both so much for, I mean, being incredible hosts, and for, I don't know, making Homer great again. <laughs> he's too far to kick me right now <laughs> All right, cheers guys thank you thank you the sun come up it was blue and gold the sun come up it was blue and gold the sun come up Since I put your picture in a frame I come calling in my Sunday best I come calling in my Sunday best I come calling my Sunday best ever since I put your picture in a frame Tiffany here, saying thank you for listening to the Monkey Tooth Podcast. If you haven't already, or it's been a while, check out our website, mtp 
www.andrewandrew.org. There's plenty of information there. An About tab with a little bio on Andrew, myself, and our dog Pele. There's also a Van Build tab detailing how we did our van conversion. A Journal tab and we, as an Andrew, are doing our best to keep that up to date. And last but not least, a Contact tab where you can leave your thoughts, suggestions, or questions. You can also contact us on social media. We are on Facebook and Instagram, Monkey Tooth Podcast. If you would like to donate and or subscribe to the cause, you can go to Patreon and GoFundMe at Monkey Tooth Podcast. Patreon is not just a place to subscribe. We post lots of content there as well. We greatly appreciate each and every one of you. Love to all. And I always will Ever since I put your picture your frame Since I put your picture, you're free. Ever since I.